It's BudPod 151. 151 Palindrome Baby. It is a palindrome okay. baby. Um, and I, I, I'm going to say that 151 written down to me looks athletic. It does. Yes, the ones look like pole vault poles, and the five is a running man <laughs> running between poles. Or maybe the ones are sort of the start and the finish line, and the five is a man or woman mid run between the yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That must be it. That's what a caveman would call the number five the running man. <laughs> there was a running man amount of ox in the field. <laughs> Today I saw running man coyotes. <laughs> ah, that's um one five one. Yeah, just nice. Just a nice a nice number. Striped almost. Just nice. Um yeah, it's a lovely number. I think I made a historical mistake there, cause a prehistoric man would not have seen a coyote, right? Because coyotes are native to the Americas? I guess it's still prehistory, though. But, yeah, but were the, were the people... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They came over, oh, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. just after the Ice Age or during the Ice Age. There's some debate. They're finding older and older remains. That's right, because I always thought it was um, the Native Americans got there when the Bering Strait was still frozen over, so they could literally walk across from the tip of what mongolia mm. but i think they've predated um, some oh really yeah i think it's even older than that boy well there's and there, but that's the reason a lot of native americans look so and mexico like south americans look so chinese there's a lot of chinese uh, there's a lot of similar genetics between the chinese and the native americans um or so i've heard or well, so you've heard from old big chief wang yes Yes. What would my Native American name be? Because is it true that it's the first thing your, your father sees as he leaves the birthing tent or something like that? I've heard it was the first thing your mother saw. But then, like, the trouble with all this stuff is that whenever you watch an American movie, like cowboy film or whatever, they always go like, ah, uh, oh, this is how the, the Indians work or whatever. And it's always about, like, this one tribe and this one creek. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So everyone's got all these ideas about Native Americans, and it's just like exclusively the sort of more cowboy ones, like the Sioux or the Apache, or yeah. maybe like Choctaw or Creek, or like the kind of yeah, Midwest yeah, yeah. action ones. Whereas you can get like the Native Americans who are up in like Washington State or Oregon, and they're different. Yeah, they're they're just chill, man. Uh, would you ever consider filming one of those series where you go around? Uh, exploring remote tribes like that guy. <laughs> Which guy? Oh, <laughs> I can't remember his name. Ben something is an English guy, and he would go and like hang out with these very remote tribes. I think the show was literally called Tribe. Mm, I think no, to be honest. Uh, I I'm like I'm I'm interested, but I'm not interested enough to like sleep on the ground. Yeah. For Although the truth is, they're probably all staying in hotels. I wonder. Well, Tribe, here we go. Tribe, uh, British TV series hosted by former British Royal Marine Bruce Parry. Yeah, well, it's okay if you're a Marine. 
I think yeah, yeah, Marine has the ear. They're equipped. He's got the skills. I think he went kind of viral because the, he went. The, there was a tribe where you have to try and. <laughs> I swear this is him. You have to try and kind of put your put put your dick inside your body. Dude, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Literally, go fuck yourself. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I swear, I could never. Yeah, it is. It is. What? What? I so knew he I said, hadn't dreamt this. He said on TV, sometimes you got to put your dick inside yourself. He said, uh, sometimes you have to put your dick inside your body. This is jackass, and he jumped off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> no, he. Um, <laughs> in a bid to be accepted by the Combi men, Bruce Parry undergoes a painful penis inversion ritual. Ooh, <laughs> penis inversion. Yeah, they're Papuan. Papuan, the combi. Right, and what does that involve? Putting the, like, is your penis usable afterwards, or is it gone? Is it lost inside yourself? I don't, I don't know. I think it just pops in there. Just pop, 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 pop it in. Is that why they call the Papuan? one? <laughs> the Papuan. <laughs> pop, you pop one, and they kind of you, you pop, you pop a one inside yourself. Oh man, that. <laughs> That's when I when I hear stuff like that, I think I'm glad I'm not in a tribe. There's many times actually yeah. in my life I just go, you know what? I'm really glad I'm not in a tribe somewhere because oh, yeah, it looks difficult. Like there's that is it is it the Maasai or is it a, a more obscure African tribe where um, the sort of like there's this um, sort of pairing festival ceremony where the men have to just. Oh, hop on a spot um until a woman picks them and they can be hopping there for hours is it they, I, maybe i've conf- maybe i've conflated the the hopping maasai is the maasai who do the the, the, the hopping and maybe they they do a jumping hop. dance thing yeah yeah it's some kind of some kind of endurance test and they can be doing it for hours before a, a, a lady walks up and goes mm, okay you're all right you're good at jumping yeah, but I can't remember which right. Yeah. That's to yeah. be fair, that's the same as a regional nightclub when you jump around. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that's exactly it's how not, it works. It's just Tiger Tiger, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's just uh, sounds like a Friday night in uh, in uh, central London. Um no apparently they do they do just pop the dicks back inside till it's time to use them again. What? So they Right, so they they just pop them in and they stay there until they're called upon. Yeah, like a dog? I hate this. Is that right? I hate this. I don't want to hear about that. It's I remember seeing it on TV and just being like I'm I'm having trouble even imagining what's happening. And people still talk about male privilege, Pierre. <laughs> Tell that to the come by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a privilege, is it? To have to put your penis up inside yourself to push until your it's penis needed. Into your whole body. <laughs> into your whole body. <laughs> uh, there must be like this inverse culture where the men who are very proud and the men who are very cocky are the ones with the smallest penises because they have the least discomfort. Yeah, they have the easiest um, getting dressed yeah. uh, uh, um, routine. Yeah, like people, guys go to each other. Hey, did you see? Um, hmm, what might one of the names be? Do you know what a combined name would be? 
Uh, Alan. Alan, let's say Alan. Yeah. Uh, do you see, uh, have you seen Alan's penis? And the other guy's like, no, why? And then they do that with the, the thumb and the forefinger, like the small penis symbol. Yeah. And the other guy goes, really? Like like he's impressed. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, he I goes get- like, Luck, lucky bastard. <laughs> and he'd be like, I get so much more done. Rather than lucky spending bastard. four he hours. feel it at all. Yeah. Rather than spending four hours each morning trying to, like, punch my own dick back inside my body and fainting repeatedly. Oh, so they have to do it every, or like they have to do it every day? Well, I, d- I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's it something like once you can do it, you can do it. That's the impression I get. Right. And in right. fairness, I did just think of this. Because you know how the jungle is full of stuff, right? It's, it's yeah, it's packed. Every time I go in the jungle, I'm like, hoarder. <laughs> it's like just so much crap everywhere. Mary Kondo would, would have a field day in a jungle. <laughs> Holding up a sloth and asking if it brings you joy. <laughs> <laughs> and then sort of calmly saying thank you to it and as she puts it in a bin. Saying, saying thank you to the sloth, folding it up, popping it in the bin. <laughs> as it sort of goes, and kind of, kind of tries to claw the air vaguely. She thank very you. calmly folds it and just sort of crushes its bones. Yeah. <laughs> She's incredibly strong, Mary Yes, Kondo. It's the folding. Yeah, it's all that folding. Of Forearms folding like Popeye. Oh, yeah. Um, but if I lived in the jungle like these tribes guys, right? Yeah. You're walking around in a loincloth, right? Your dick, your dick and your, your D&Bs are just exposed to the jungle. Yes, yes, it's true. But, I mean, there's a benefit to that in such a hot climate. It's, it's a way of expelling... Heat, right? That's why your balls descend when it's hot. It's because it increases your surface area. You're but letting off heat. So if you're getting, if you're putting your whole dick inside, you're conserving more heat. Yeah, but but think of all the creepy crawlies and diseases and animals, right? That's true. And I can imagine after enough days in a row in the jungle, surrounded by spiders and wasps and tarantulas and whatever else, just going like, right, it, I'm popping it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. It's getting in the way. It's going to get n- nicked by a panther. Yeah. I'm popping. I'm po- <laughs> just for pure... <laughs> Weirdly, these guys are coming across now as more pragmatic to me. Yeah, maybe we're the dummies. Yeah, they're, they're, it's like one of those cultural exchanges where I'm sure in the show he said, oh, in, in England, everyone's dicks are just out. And they're like, ugh! <laughs> Yeah, but what happens? What what if you get um, an, an 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 unexpected boner? Are you like, oh no? And it just goes <laughs> like a champagne like, cork. Yeah, or like um, a turkey when it's done in the oven. <laughs> the little, <laughs> little red thermometer thing. I, I mean, it must be. Maybe they have like a special bit of etiquette for that eventuality. Um, God, yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, how easy... It must be pretty easy for them to just live like that, like, once they've done it. But, I mean... Yeah, you get used to it. You get used to it. Maybe now that guy Bruce Parry can freak it out if he goes to, like, a tailor, right? And the tailor says, uh, does sir dress to the left or to the right? And he can be like, neither! <laughs> I dress to the inside. I dress internally, and the tailor just faints. Let's just say you and I have a different definition for the inside leg. 
<laughs> Let's just say at the moment, my penis is measured in the negative length. <laughs> Pop, just popped it in there. Uh, good stuff. Well, uh, I think we can both agree that neither one of us want to move to the Papua section of Papua New Guinea and join the penis inversion tribe. So that's one tribe down. No, I mean, between the penis inversion and the cannibalism, I have to say Papua New Guinea has never really appealed. Yeah, they they did have... Are they still doing the cannibalism? Um, I think if anywhere is, they are. Um, I think it's... Yeah, but Reportedly, I mean, apparently. Reportedly. Yeah. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly, don't allegedly. get sued by Papua New Guinea. If you, allegedly. If you, you don't want to get sued by a potential by big cannibal. Papua. <laughs> yes, <laughs> by a big cannibal. big cannibal will get you, and then some. <laughs> That'll be the next uh, Joe Rogan thing. Like, eating people is actually really good for you. Have you tried the cannibal diet? It's the best pure protein. Can we bring that up, Jamie? <laughs> Jamie, could you bring up the cannibals? It's like, think about it. What's got more muscle than humans? Be all your body doesn't even have to like change anything. Your body can just take human muscle. It doesn't even have to digest. It can just put it straight into muscle. It's, it's like Lego bricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. We should we should start some kind of what would we sell as a health supplement? Probably that weird like spam advert for how to fully empty your bowels, right? Something like that. Yeah, I guess it, to be on brand it would have yeah. to be that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um oh, and congratulations to some of the Patreon subscribers who have just got their first merchandise, Budpod stickers. Yes. What a lovely little treat. Congrats. Pop in, um yeah, just popping the founding farter up around the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With pride. We've seen some Koji stickers on reusable water bottles. Very nice. Very good. Love to, love to be associated with eco-friendly water drinking. Oh, yeah. That's Stay good hydrated. for our brand. Yeah. Keep hydrating it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep jacking it unless you keep hydrating it. Yeah, it's true. Hey fellas, you know when your lady's getting on your case, hey fellas, you know when you're having just one of those days, hey fellas, you know when you're starting to lose your faith, hey fellas, you put your penis inside yourself. Invert your penis. Just get it out of the way. Aerodynamic. You can go down hills real smooth. Put your penis inside yourself. Tidy. Otherwise, it bangs into things. Invert your penis. Invert your penis. That is my thesis. Don't be silly, listen to Philly, put your willy inside you, Billy. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, uh, do, do, you think, do you think Russia's going to invade Ukraine? Ah, um... I keep I keep uh, I, I keep going between yes and no to be honest. Uh, if the Kremlin's trying to yeah, do some yeah. kind of confusion campaign, well, congratulations, Vlad. It's worked on old Pierre here. It does feel like Ukraine is very much Russia's Taiwan. They're, they're going to gain yeah. a lot more from threatening to invade than from actually invading. Yeah, right. And um, there's because I mean it's not going to be easy for them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, well, it's hard to tell, isn't it? It's hard to tell, like, how much support, how much of actual material support the US and the UK will give to Ukraine if that does happen. Well, we've sort of already given it. I mean, Ukraine's got a bunch of stuff that will make life very difficult. It's got the MLOs and the Stinger missiles and the crew and the the uh, Javelin missile launches and stuff, and and yeah. the Turkish drones. Was and was it Liz Truss that came up with a sort of funky way of describing? The weapons the UK brought over, or so, there's some like, what was it a, like violent aid or something like that? We sent over a bunch of violent aid or something like, like le- that. It was like lethal aid, I think. Lethal aid, that was it. Lethal aid. Lethal aid. <laughs> so funny, man. It's a sequel to Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Mel Gibson going crazy in a in a food uh, a food hall. <laughs> flipping out in a camp um yeah lethal aid um, yeah i don't know man i mean it i feel bad for ukraine because like they've pointed out that like russia kind of doesn't need to do anything but just by seeming like it's going to invade they could just crash the ukrainian like stock market economy like investors leave so right yeah yeah yeah. i mean already like the us and the uk have said uh, no need to panic, everyone. But uh, if you're British or American, get out of Ukraine yeah. ASAP. Yeah. yeah, it's bad when they remove all the diplomatic staff except the ambassador. Oh, that's that's a tough job. That's a real, yeah. That's like Captain the Titanic. Yeah, but then it's like, uh, no, I'm sure it'll all be fine. But uh, just to be safe, we're going to literally remove people whose only job is to be in Ukraine and know about Ukraine. Oh, they're removing the ambassadors as well. Uh, not yet. I think oh, like okay. they're, they're leaving behind like a few people, but like the, all all the like ambassadorial staff, like loads of diplomatic staff, have been removed by UK, US, and Germany, and a few more. Mm. As in, like if you're a secretary, there's no need for you to be kidnapped and tortured or whatever. Like it's generally a bad sign that they're like uh, leaving the captain on the ship, as you say. Yeah. 
That's but, what um, it's good to oh, see, that's Phil. A rough one. It's a rough one, but it's good to see that, as ever, um, there are plenty of people, <laughs> plenty of people in our own country here in the UK who say that they're progressive, but are really basically happy for Russia to invade and take over whoever they want. Yes, the communist queens. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can't think yeah, of it's, anyone it's less. Mad, isn't it? It's. Uh. Well, I mean, we it's, it's better than Ukraine joining the neo-imperialist NATO peer. <laughs> yeah, evil NATO, what with not really doing anything apart from stopping that genocide in the 90s and reassuring some Estonians. Evil, terrible, horrible. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a fantasy for, um, for all those uh, commies. Yeah, which is weird because it'll be it's... like a it'll be like a win. Yes, Marxist win. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because I can't think of anyone less interested in sharing wealth than than Putin. <laughs> yeah, well, you saw that drone footage of his literal palace. Oh man! Lake. If you if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the the blueprints and photos from like inside his Black Sea palace, check it out because it's real. You know what? Fair play, he didn't try not to make it seem like he wasn't a Bond villain. He really lent in. There's rooms yeah, I, with, like, d- weird, like, national decor. Like, there's, like, a sort of Arabian Nights room with a stripper pole. It's great. It's the size of a, uh, it's the size of a town. It's mad. It's mad, it's mad, it's mad. Put- <laughs> I'm going to type Putin Black Sea Palace. It's, yeah. I mean, it like, if you're going to do it, you have to do it. Go big or go home. Go big or go home. Saying goes. (laughs) Yes, the cost of the build is estimated to be over one point three five billion dollars. I mean, that's a lot of money. Come on, that's building on your own as well. That's that's from scratch. That's from scratch. That's not that's not with like appreciation of property value. That's from scratch. That's doing it yourself. That's DIY is over a bill. It's the final level of a of a Hitman game. A giant isolated palace where the head villain lives. I mean, bloody hell. Yeah, but the response of the Russian people, I mean, there are some people who like protests and stuff, but overall, people are like, well, yeah, we're kind of. You'd hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think any Russians thought that he didn't have a secret palace. (laughs) And they were like, what? A. A palace? Like, yeah. God, got, I mean, there's oh. nowhere easier to hide a palace in Russia. That's where you want to hide a palace. Yeah, that's where, if you're going to be hiding palaces all day, this is what you want. Oh, it's got like a main hall with like murals, like a like a French aristocrat's house, you know, with a little indented squares with like scenes from nature. Oh, okay. Painted on. Would you have a palace or would you like... I guess if you... It's one of those things where... It, as long as you have a load of a fucking fleet of people to maintain it, it is just like nothing but benefits. But if you're if you don't, I, it must just suck. I would love a smaller national trust property. I'd love <laughs> a national trust home, but like one of the not a massive. One. It's the grounds and like the yeah the old the old bricks and the history yeah. and the gardens, but. After a certain point, it becomes 
bankrupting. Yeah, yeah, because you'd you'd be like earning all your income just to pay for like the guy whose job is to to refit the crumbling brickwork. Also, get spooky. After a certain point, it uh-huh. becomes spooky. I want a small yeah. mansion. That's my dream. Small mansion would be lovely. <laughs> Lockdown in one of those would have been terrifying. You would just felt like you were going mad in a Victorian novel, like an isolated prince. Oh yeah, you'd have felt like you were in the others with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Ooh, yeah. God, I don't know. I think some of the mansions I've 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 ever seen, like on TV or, or film or on, online or whatever, that I've been most envious of. It's like sometimes you'll see like there's like a mansion, but it's in like Central Park in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. And you sort of I think, want like oh. a Hamptons mansion, like in Succession. That'd be cool. Yeah, or somewhere where it's like, oh, I can't believe that you've got like a swimming pool and a garden and like not too many rooms in a house, so it's like a haunted house. But also, you're just near stuff. You're in the city still. Whereas those guys who have a mansion in like the middle of uh, fucking Minnesota, you know, Hmm. in the middle of the prairie, you just think, well, well, I guess you have a mansion, but Mm. it's just like... Nothing between you and the horizon, as far as the eye can see, like desolate flatland. Yeah. What you want is like a, a a really big, lush townhouse in London somewhere. Gosh, that'd be so great. That's why the oligarchs get them, man. That's why they're so expensive, because yeah. they're so great. <laughs> well, do you know why those are so expensive? Why? Because they're, they're so great. That's me. <laughs> I do. I just do these random free tours in like Kensington and Chelsea. You see that over there? Uh, yeah, it's really expensive. Oh right. Do you do you know why it's so expensive? Uh, no, because it's so it's so great. <laughs> right. That's um. That's the estate agent talking to someone who's had their opponents killed <laughs> in Russia. Here's the thing, Mister. You know, whatever. I'm not. I, I, I'm even too afraid to guess a random Russian name. In case it's a real mobster's name. Yeah. I'll just, yeah. I'll just say, sir. Here's the thing, sir. This central London townhouse is £10.5 million. And do you know why it costs that much? Uh, no, why? Because it's great. It's great! <laughs> and then, you know as, I, as I say that, enough. yeah, as I say it's great, I do a little pirouette in the marble hallway. <laughs> because it's great! I spin round. <laughs> oh, speaking of Russian mobs, last night on my own for a treat, I watched John Wick for the first time. Oh yes, with Keanu Reeves, it was great. It's so good. What an action film! Such a good action film. It's so nice to see an action film that, I mean, uh, there's nothing there that's new story-wise. There's nothing that's gonna push the envelope or blow your mind. But yeah, it's just such a good action film. I mean. The stunt work and the gunfire and the fighting, so it's just... great. Oh. Gunplay, which always sounds like you're, you're having a wank with a pistol, but... Yeah. The gunplay, the martial arts... Uh, and one thing, I, 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 what I always do now is I watch a movie, and then I go and watch the Mark Mode review of the movie to check whether or not I actually liked it. <laughs> to see if you're right. Uh, Let's see if I was right. And uh, it wasn't Mark, it was the Scottish guy who sometimes does them. He's very good as well. Um, and he was going on about it, and he pointed out, and I didn't notice, that 
that with a lot of action films like the Bourne Identity or something, when there's a big action scene, the camera's really close and like and like swinging about, and yeah. you can only kind of just see what's going on. A lot of cuts, and there aren't any many sort of long takes. But in John Wick, it's like the camera just stays still for a bit, or like moves slowly down the hallway, and it's all one take, like a and it's really good. It's like Ray. It's just good. The, it, it made me think of The Raid. It totally made me think of The Raid. It, any pod buds who haven't seen The Raid, if you like an action movie, if you like martial oh, yeah. arts, The Raid is amazing. It's Indonesian by a Welsh director who lived out there. And yeah, it's, The Raid. It's Silat is the name of the martial art, which is of the Indonesian Malay martial art. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, uh, which is like a lot of daggers and stuff as, as a part of it. And this, it's brutal. It's so brutal. Martial arts in it, but it's really good. Well, that's the thing is that with Keanu Reeves and whoever else is in John Wick doing the martial arts, they obviously had confidence where they were like, "Well, these are some fucking amazing martial arts, so we're just going to let you see them." Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and good stuff. Um, if you have watched John Wick, then why not uh, treat yourself, Pod Buds, and just watch footage on YouTube of Keanu Reeves training with guns on firing ranges and just being really good at guns and being really calm and, and humble about how good he is at guns. He's a very calm guy. He's very calm. He's a calming screen presence. He's a calming... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Even when he's like killing people, you're kind of like, he's really zen. You're like... ah, Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's um he's like the Marie Kondo of killing. He's just calmly folding up bad guys, popping them in the bin. <laughs> well, he's half Japanese, so I'm not surprised. Is he is he half Japanese? Oh, he, is it one maybe of those... a quarter, maybe. Will Will Google let me Google? Keanu Reeves race. Keanu Reeves is Canadian. No, really. No, another one. And he was born in Beirut. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Stop surprising wow. me. Born in Lebanon to an English mother and an American father. Okay, his father's mixed Chinese. His father was a mixed Chinese, Hawaiian, English, Irish, and Portuguese. He's a quarter Japanese, a quarter Chinese, a quarter native Hawaiian, and a mere quarter white, Pierre. Good lord. Wow, wow, wow. That's so cool. He's, he's half East Asian. He doesn't look it. His native... But then I don't know what native Hawaiian looks like. Oh, it like Polynesian, I guess, or Austronesian. Yeah, um, goddamn. What a cool mixture from a cool guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's He's great. Nice one. Born in Beirut. Although that, that is from Quora.com. I don't know how reliable Quora is. Oh, it's on the wiki. Oh, okay, nice. It's on the wiki. I wonder, yeah, God. But I mean, like, imagine how easy it was to cast him in John Wick. They were like, who do we know who already knows martial arts and every gun? Probably that triple Matrix guy. <laughs> who literally says in the movie, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, that was his audition. He sent them that bit and they were like, you heard it from the man himself, gentlemen. <laughs> Straight out of the horse's mouth. We've got our John Wick. <laughs> um, shall we? Do some Kung Fu Respondents. Yes, Kung Fu Respondents. Ring letters, emails, emails, phone calls, Correspondence. 
Scrolling down to Correspondence Town, having a little scrolling, 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 scrolling. What keeps scrolling, 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 scrolling? Come on, scrolling, 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 scrolling. I like it. Hey, fellas, is scrolling right here? There was a moment when I thought "Rolling" by Limp Biscuit, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rollin' by Limp Biscuit was the greatest song in the world because it was the Undertaker song. Oh and it was, yeah, it was a kind of driving rock rhythm to it, and it was just about a bunch <laughs> of guys rolling around, keep rolling, 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 <laughs> and roll and roll they did. Phil, it was when Undertaker um, had the transformation from uh, the natural evolution of the Grave Digger from Grave Digger to Motorbike Man. And he he would enter the ring by driving his Harley down the ramp, hence rolling. Oh yeah, oh and yeah. And his finishing move went from the tombstone to the I would say more boring last ride, which was just a power bomb with a little more elevation. Yeah, good memory. It was boring. Thank you. But then yeah. he eventually he went back to the original Undertaker, and the tombstone came back. And I was glad of it, because the Tombstone is just... It's a lovely finishing move. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the sort of thing you want for the old video game version, too. The Tombstone Pile Driver. Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, so, Matt. Another Matt gets a touch. Matt, Matt. Um, and, uh, 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 oh, God. He's, he's back. It's Matt. Unless it's a different Matt. <laughs> Oh, he's back all right. Uh, he says, Dear Dom Pierre Ignon and mental fillness. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> but uh, thematically inconsistent, champagne and <laughs> just mental illness. Yeah, I was really expecting something to do with wine and he just went straight for mental fillness. Maybe you've had so much champagne you've gone mad. Maybe that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah. Winston Churchill or something. Real pain for my sham friends and champagne for my mental illness. <laughs> That's going to be tat. That's good tat. Um, so he says, Dear Don Pierre and Yon and Mental Fillness, Matt the Splat here. Oh, Matt the Splat. Sorry, I should recognize the voice. Mm. Of um, of Dubberia slash Fart into a Fan and Orangutan Voyeurism fame. <laughs> <laughs> these, are ring, these are ringing faint bells, yes. Yeah, the Orangutan was watching him through the little window. This is ringing a, a splat, yeah. Yeah. Hope you're both well. I was recently harking back to my university days and was reminded of a particular evening that might be of interest. I was in Freshers' Week and all was going swimmingly. I had made some new friends, spent a whole month's budget on alcohol, and had gained half a stone from indulging daily in the five types of potato that the cafeteria inexplicably served with every meal. Wow. Mm. Wow. That is a lot of attention given to the potato. Yeah, man. That's uh, certain cafeteria-style establishments lean in to potato varieties. <laughs> then came the three-legged bar crawl. Okay, yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah. So you're tied to a fella. Yep. Yep. On the morning of this staple coming-of-age ceremony, I was feeling utterly dreadful, having spent the previous evening drinking cider that had originated from a mysterious jerry can. Ooh. Blimey. That's very sinister. Hmm. Was I sure? Is he sure it wasn't just petrol? Yeah, it could have been. 
Oil cider. <laughs> As per tradition, I waited until I could face food again and then ordered myself a massive, excessively meaty Domino's pizza. Lovely. Mm. Although, ruinous a Domino's pizza. Those things are like £30 for no reason. Those things will put you into debt. Yeah. Domino Very strange. Debt. Strangely expensive. Um... Just as the delicious doughy disc from the gods summoned uh, themselves um, started to make me feel human again, I was summoned to the bar to begin the three-legged crawl. I found myself tied at the knee to my new friend, Ben. Ah, nice. Mm. An affable fellow. Hmm? Yeah, Ben's Ben's at university are always nice. Yeah, they are, actually. I don't think I've ever met a bad Ben. I don't think I've ever met a bad Ben. That's a good point. Ben's are always nice. Is there a bad Ben? Ben Laden? No, I don't know. (laughs) Osama Ben Laden. Osama Ben Laden. (laughs) Um, Um, Benito Mussolini, I guess, is the worst Ben I know. Not personally. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good theory. Uh, I found myself tired of the knee to my new friend, Ben, an affable fellow who was up for a laugh and seemingly largely unfazed by anything. Sadly. Classic Ben. Sadly, Phil. Ben was soon to become very phased indeed. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All began well. A pint at our college bar, followed by a merry three-legged stroll down the hill to the next bar and on to the next and so on. Sounds good. As we left the fifth bar, I started to realise the pizza I had eaten earlier, the very same that had raised me from the dead like a savoury son of God raising a lardy Lazarus, was soon to be my dad. Ah, lovely stuff. Mm. Lardy Lazarus. The combination of multiple beers and an entire large Domino's had led to an uncomfortably bloated stomach, and I knew that the inevitable Mm. was coming. Standing outside Mm. the bar, as the rest of the slightly inebriated leg joint pairings ambled out, I turned to Ben and said... I really shouldn't have had an entire large Domino's before this. <laughs> ben looked at me and paused with mild panic in his eyes. Are you all right? He asked. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to be sick, I replied, feeling the beer-soaked stodge of the pizza slowly working its way up my windpipe. Yeah, yeah, it's going to go out that way. Yeah. At this, Ben turned white as a sheet. Are you joking? He asked, voice wobbling. I sadly shook... Are you joking? He asked, voice wobbling. I sadly shook my head, knowing full well what was about to happen. Because seriously, mate, I really cannot stand the sight or smell of... At which point I bent over, opened my mouth, Ah. and what can only be described as a tsunami of half-digested dough, meat, and beer erupted from my mouth onto the paving stones, splattering both my shoes and trousers, and indeed Ben's. Oh, poor Ben. Mm. Once the tsunami had subsided, I righted myself again, just in time to hear Ben say, Oh, fuck! before he then bent over. <laughs> <laughs> and vomited powerfully all over himself and me. Oh, fuck! This then helped to upset whatever was left in my stomach, and down I went again. Hilarious. <laughs> That's a real double act. What a great... Yeah. It's smashing on the vaudeville circuit. Absolutely. Oh, standing ovation. (laughs) Well, funny you should say that. So he says that the crowd of other freshers, having previously cheered my performance, 
now started to just watch with dismay as Ben and I alternated between being vomiting on the ground, uprighting ourselves, and then bending over to vomit again like a sinister perpetual motion machine. <laughs> like a fun little... Yeah, they're, they're, they're the opposite up. of those office bird thing, like toys <laughs> that dip and drink water. They're, they're pouring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Perpetually. Eventually, all that could conceivably come up had done so. The mild concern of the crowd watching us soon subsided, and we wandered off to the next pub. <laughs> it's amazing before... how quickly you brush stuff off at that age. Oh, you just go, well, there's no reason to go home. <laughs> if anything, I've just freed up space. Yeah, but not before grabbing some branches off a nearby bush and scraping as much vomit as we could into a drain. Ugh, well, I guess that's kind of considerate. Kind of. Now, with empty tanks and renewed vigour, Ben and I continued our journey heartily with the travails of the fifth bar behind us. Unfortunately, our evening didn't end there. Mm. (laughs) Much, much later, having surpassed the beer stage of the evening and moved on to shots instead, the unfortunate situation of Ben needing the loo arose. Yes, I'm surprised this hasn't come up already. Yeah. While we had managed to tackle the urinals with a bit of a giggle Ah, and without much difficulty... This was an yeah. altogether more intimate situation. Yes. Mm. Yes. Once untied from your partner, the rules of the evening were that you were required to do a forfeit of something horrible. From memory, cat food was involved. Ooh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus, this is serious. No, thanks. I never took part in any of this kind of thing. I and never I'm took glad. part. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of did a version of this where there was just more booze involved and everyone was quite reasonable. Certainly no cat food. Uh, yeah, I don't... No, I'm not interested. No. So having already been covered in each other's vomit, we decided that proximity to poo probably wouldn't matter too much. Yeah, you in for a penny. Yeah. You're we decided that while Ben was doing his business, I would be in the cubicle with him, but looking the other way. Mm, yeah. I like that, because it implies that it's a bit like if doing a shit was illegal. I'll look the other way, just this once. Don't let it happen <laughs> again. turn the other cheek, yeah. Uh, while we entered the cubicle successfully and began the process without too much trouble, what I hadn't counted on was the sheer ferocity of Ben's discharge. Man. Nor indeed the smell. Yeah, I mean, that would have been my first concern, would be the smell. That's, that's yeah. what comes to mind instantly. Yeah. So powerful was it that my stomach, already upset by its previous no. treatment, decided to bring up all of the various beers and God. shots I'd imbibed since no. my <laughs> since my <laughs> rainbow-coloured yawn a few hours earlier. <laughs> oh, jeez, no. Is it going to... Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh-oh, I said quietly. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like a character <laughs> like about movie. to... A character about to get into a fight in an anime. Uh-oh. Single t- sweat drop on his forehead. <laughs> and he goes into like that sort of suspended space with all the lines and the light. Yeah. Or his face goes into, into, his face goes into total shadow as he's like looking down and away. Uh-oh. And there's that, that really long internal monologue. 
Oh, yeah. No. Ben is doing a poo. But the smell, it is too much. It is making me want to vomit. But I already vomited early today. I thought <laughs> I would have avoided this by emptying my tank earlier. But I was foolish and drank more, refilling my tank. Now I have enough material <laughs> to vomit again. They just go over the same details again and again. Now yeah. I will vomit and it will be embarrassing for both of us. But what if I vomit and that grosses out Ben? Then maybe he will vomit some more. Then yeah. he will be pooing and vomiting. Oh no, I don't know what to do. Yeah, they, they, they go on for it. That's like, that's like half of the anime. Yeah, and the the mouth moves like a tiny amount, open and shut, but the audio is like, ah, ah. <laughs> uh oh, I said quietly before turning to a squatting, terrified Ben and shoving him off the cistern and vomiting no! powerfully onto his shit. No. <laughs> Uh, something I think we've referred to previously on the podcast as the surf and turf. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. That's awful and perfect. <laughs> when I, when something like that comes up, referring to that as the surf and turf, it's so disgusting and perfect. I feel like... Um, I feel like when a profiler looks at one of Hannibal Lecter's crimes. <laughs> like, my God, it's perfect. And the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad another servant turf has, has come up on the pod. Yep, yep. Uh, this, so he's, he's, he's thrown Ben off the pot. And... <laughs> Never has a man so eagerly wanted to stick his face into another man's bowl of shit. Yeah. Fog. (laughs) It's just such a funny motion to pick a man (laughs) off a toilet so you can really get in close. (laughs) Throwing a shitting man off a toilet so you can shove your head in. (laughs) The least natural motion to do ever. <laughs> the number of sort of natural instincts Matt had to overcome in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is on the same level as when uh, in when the guy had to use a penknife to chop his own arm off in 127 hours. <laughs> so <laughs> he throws Matt off the bowl and starts throwing up. He says, this so disgusted Ben, now wedged between the cistern and the wall and with his trousers around his ankles, that he uprighted himself as best he could and also vomited into the bowl. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I think by volume, this has to be the the most of any correspondence. Just by volume of effluent. Yeah, I think so. This is the, the top. Yeah. Ben stood up and an eerie... Huh? In 151 episodes, this is the most by volume. I think so. Maybe, maybe, uh, most by volume in one incident. That guy who had like 24 days of diarrhea and was going to die from the old lady in the woods throwing, putting her finger across her throat. That's true. Wait, was that him too? No. No, it can't have been. The orangutan one was different, I think. Anyway, Ben stood up. And an eerie silence befell us as we both looked at the group project we had just presented. (laughs) Art attack. (laughs) This is an art attack? (laughs) We have all turned... This is a nice philosophical sort of bit here from Matt, which I quite like. 
We have all turned with shy curiosity to examine the decimation we have left after a particularly bad movement. Yeah. The combined sense of both shame and pride is a rare tree, a rare treat in an uncaring world. <laughs> <laughs> like that bit from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So shines a rare treat in an uncaring world. <laughs> but staring into a toilet bowl of one person's liquid shit and two people's vomit isn't a moment for pride. We looked at each other, saying nothing, but knowing that this would be a memory we would share forever, together, unspoken, yet ever-present. And then I turned away to let Ben wipe. Hugs and kisses and Koji too. Matt the Splat and yet more poo. Well, Matt has lived up to the name Splat once more. Once uh, more. Once again. That, that is an extraordinary story. It's extraordinary. And, um, and it's where we're going to have to end. It is, it is. But what, what an ending. Um, Gosh. I'm so, what a great story. Thank you so much for that, Matt. That was, that was profound. Perfect. I love the story of, of a surf and turf, and that was the king of the surf and turfs. <laughs> yes. Hemingway-esque. Well done. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, but we are off to the bonus pod now. Yeah. Um, so see you Patreons there. See you guys and there. if you're into Patreon, what are you waiting for? Get on it. You'll get stickers. You'll get stickers. Yes, and you will. bonus content. All right, guys. Okay, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye.